If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. What do they call this, Steve Civil and Robin Wacha? The dog days of January, February, where we're kind of, you know, recruiting doesn't have near the excitement this time of year as it once did. Basketball's kind of in this period where they've still got a lot of work to do before you can really start thinking about potential postseason opportunities. Um, and we're before baseball, we're before softball. So here we are. It's the dog days, but... Uh, we're going to give it hell on the Husker Online show. We're right on the cusp of baseball and softball. And Nebraska basketball is pretty heated right yeah. now, actually. Hoops are right in the thick of it. Yeah, they're in the thick Winter of it. Winter conditioning is closed they, off. And they haven't started the mat drills yet, though. Okay. The that, mat drills. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think. I never know exactly what we're talking about. They, they start those up <laughs> after the coaches get off the road recruiting. Is the coaching staff. So I would imagine next week they would begin the mat drills. I don't know that for sure yet, um, but they begin those, and, and Coach Rule leads the mat drills. The assistant coaches are a part of the mat drills. So um, you'll start getting the, the Corey Campbell videos and you know guys pushing sleds in the snow and mm-hmm. Nash Hutmacher. I guess he's wrestling right now, but Nash Hutmacher squatting with 25 guys around in videos coming out here go. soon. We need some of that. Now, some Sean, raw meat. Yeah, we need some raw meat, red <laughs> meat. Sean, when does spring ball begin? Well, they haven't officially said the first practice, but the week of March 27th. God. Or, excuse me, March 25th. Yeah, we need to start it a little um, earlier than that. So, March 9th through uh, 17th is spring break. And the, it appears they're going to have one week back where they kind of probably shake off the rust. Okay. And then they'll have five straight weeks of spring practice starting March 25th with the um, ever so popular 11 a.m. spring game uh, on April 27th. And uh, Nebraska did announce that, by the way. And the tickets will go on sale, I believe, next week for season ticket holders. February 6th. And uh, there's been a price increase, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $5 price increase. There's, well, and there's no more freebies. I mean, I, I think there's, um, you know, it used to be a deal. Which I always wondered, how do they police that? You know, like free tickets for kids. Like you could oh. just automatically put the kids' tickets in your cart. Um, so I, I believe now it's five dollars for a child ticket. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I just know that the they go on sale for season ticket holders on February sixth and regular people February seventh. 
and it, it should I mean it should do well now it's an 11 a.m game and it's our understanding that was the choice of football they, they kind of want to get the day going get things rolling it wasn't a BTN mandate no it wasn't um, TV deal at all they I think rule wanted to have a, a lot of time after on the, the back end on the back end to devote to recruiting which makes sense to me and I do get it because I think when you try to do it on the front end of a deal like that it's really busy but on the back end hey the game's over game's mm-hmm. over you it's can have a time. They'll, they'll probably have a big barbecue or lunch event and they usually use that hawks indoor center you know they, they kind of set up a huge yeah. setup in there and and big day i mean big it's a big recruiting day hopefully yeah. the snow will be fully melted by then it it's, accommodates it's, the other sports too you know, isn't there baseball and softball right. going oh, that's on a big that part day of that. as well? So, yeah. and rules, I think, cognizant of that. I think he wants to let them have their opportunity in the spotlight just because he's been so good about supporting other sports. Well, they would never actually put the spring game head to head. They like mm-hmm. what they usually do is kick the the start time of baseball and softball a little bit later. So, if the game was at one, baseball would start at four or four thirty. Yes, some of this is not speculation because Trev talked about it on the t- on his radio show. He said that rules good with it and that they want to there's there's going to be baseball and softball games and they want fans to be able to celebrate an entire day Mm -hmm. of husker athletics and then there'll be some other he said there'll be some special event attached to it all that hasn't been announced yet so that's what's going on you're listening here to the husker online show sean callahan steve simple robin washington making her way through opening headlines coaches on the road still one more week uh recruiting as well and it's been a long January for them. They, they've had over 20-plus days out in January where they can be out with 11 coaches, 10 assistants, um, and then the head coach. Uh, did confirm here right as we started, Glenn Thomas out on the road now this week for Nebraska. So the co-offensive coordinators, and I would expect um, both Marcus Satterfield and Glenn Thomas, they're expected to visit uh, quarterback target Alex Mansky. Um, who has not visited Lincoln. He's visited Lincoln five times, but he's not been here since October. Yeah. Um, so it is a little concerning, even though Mansky is a three-sport athlete. He's a baseball player. He's a football player um, and obviously a basketball player right now. Ed Foley was there last week to watch him play, but he is the prime quarterback target for 2025. Um, but A&M's involved, and Iowa State are the other two players. Uh, K-State you know, is looked at as a player in there, too. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that meeting goes, assuming Glenn Thomas and Satterfield both go see Mansky here on this final week. Algona, Iowa, that's where they would go. So he is still their top target, even though he hasn't been in town since October 21st. He didn't come to any yeah. junior days or anything like that. And that let, let, let me pre- That's not like out of the norm. I mean, look, there was – one more month after in October, November. He didn't make a November home game, okay? Recruits really didn't visit. Juniors didn't visit in December. He's a basketball player. What do you do every single Friday and Saturday in January if you play basketball? You have a game. You mm-hmm. box out. Do they, do they still play Friday, Saturday? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, and in some they form. Or, in some, your day. Well, we played Tuesdays, Thursdays, yeah. Friday. I mean, you never know. And with snow cancellations, you might have four games in a week. You might have yeah. three games in a week. No. So, it's really tough if you're a high school basketball player. And Algona is not like going to Des Moines. It's it's a good good haul. I mean in Nebraska, my understanding is there's not an airstrip that they can land their plane in in Algona. Oh. So they, they have to land it like forty five minutes away, mm-hmm. then drive a car over to see him. So this is still the guy and we we can't really say definitively who the plan B is. 
No, I mean, nobody's really emerged um, at this point. And well, I, I do think the portal has made that a lot easier for you anyway. If you, if you miss – okay, like look at running back. Two years in a row, they theoretically missed on running backs. Like I don't consider Quentin Ives like their top choice guy. You know, he was kind of a fallback guy, year one guy from Matt Rule. So they missed on like the prime running back season the previous year. They lost Keywan Lacey this last year. They were able to kind of rebound with Dante, uh, Dante Daldell. Yep. I think you, I don't. It's interesting. You don't. I don't know if you want to get in that habit. And Matt Rule said they want to build with high school players, but it is a good stopgap. Mm-hmm. Well, they've built with the receiver position, the offensive line, right. and now running back. Right. I mean, and, with and, the we're, and I'll tell you what: if you take those six guys away that they're bringing in from the portal, you wouldn't look at this team with as much optimism. No, I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, yeah. the, the portal's critical. That's the nature of the business. I think the sure. key is not just getting the one and done guys. Like you get developmental, like two or three year transfers because then you can have a little bit of a balance there where you yeah. can still get the developmental part to it to where you have guys that are in the program for multiple years while also getting guys that are a lot more ready to make immediate impacts when they arrive on campus yeah. all right we got a full show on tap abby barmore is going to join us on the next segment here a lot to cover and on the women's side and we want to talk about softball out of the gates because um this is going to be new for a lot of nebraska fans the huskers are picked to win the big 10 Jordy Ball, one of the best players, if not the best in college softball, is a big reason why. Ticket requests are at an all-time high. Um, they're they're trying out, fr- trying to figure out ways to get more people over to Bullen Stadium this year because the requests are that high. We're going to get Abby's thoughts on softball, which is about a week away from kicking things off in Mexico. And by the way, Abby, you're not going to Mexico. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll 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 uh, discuss that on the back end here. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan here with the Husker Online Show, and I've told you all about Prize Picks this year. It's America's number one fantasy sports app. They have over three million members, and it makes watching games so much fun because you can lock in and engage on so many different things, and it's all about more or less. He's going to have more touchdowns. He's going to have less rushing yards. You pick the numbers. You pick the sports. Pick two to six of your favorite players' stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. And with the big game around the corner, they've got an exciting promo right now where you can actually win 100 times your money by going four for four here on Price Picks. So take $10. You can turn that into $1,000 by simply going four for four. And we got a deal here as well for our Husker Online listeners. Just go to pricepicks.com slash Husker. Use promo code Husker, and they're going to deposit match that first $100. That's pricepicks.com slash Husker, promo code Husker, to get that first deposit match of up to $100 matched. Thanks again to Price Picks for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washington, Abby Barmore joining us here in the conversation. But before we get to that, this segment, Stephen M. Sipple, is brought to you by... Larson Motors, it's slowed down out there a little bit, hasn't it? Holidays are over, right? Um, got, is this an ad lib today? You got... <laughs> Are, are we going? Are we going off the script? No script today. I like no, this. I still got a script. The but glasses are up. <laughs> but you got a little more time on your hands. Make the trip. Uh, make the trip to Nebraska City. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for that new experience in Nebraska City at Larson Motors. It's one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one spot. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Ford, Chrysler, Hummer, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. 
really has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. All right. Well, thank you, Steve Sippel, um, for that unbelievable performance off the script today. That's good. Thank Taking you. steps. I'm fired yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> that Hummer. There'll be a new one. There'll be a new one next week. Get we ready. drove right down by Nebraska City on the way to Kansas City. By the way, when we were driving down to the airport. <laughs> it seems like a long time ago, seems, doesn't it? <laughs> we also were at the same gas station. The guy had the skid loader that, like, yeah. like we we missed the, him by the, a half hour. The skid loader that went wild. That, oh yeah, yeah, that went wild and you know was ran into a cop cruiser. Guy lost it. I had a little holiday. I feel issues. like that guy was on our message board this morning too. Oh great! <laughs> no, just, I, I, all right, just let's get on to get back on track here. Um, Abby Barmore joining the conversation because we want to talk some women's athletics here. Um, lots going on. Obviously, women's basketball projected to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, their track team. You know, has a great chance to win the Big Ten indoors coming up. But I want to hit on this, Abby. Softball um, will begin the season in Mexico. Um, they are currently, I think, no matter where you look, the only Big Ten team ranked at this point. Yes, yeah. They're typically the top one, and they've been ranked as high as 13, low as 18, so kind of in that range there. But they're definitely the top Big Ten team for now. Um, Washington and uh, UCLA are above them. But we'll, oh. we'll talk about that next year. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a year away. Yeah, it really puts it into perspective, though. Like, you know, I think we hope and think that Nebraska can host a regional, but it they've they've got to earn that regional. Like, those southern teams, you know, have a lock on those super regionals, and you know, I think for Nebraska, if they could host a regional, that would be a huge step for this program. Yes, yes, and they would get a lot of fans, and oh. I think there's going to be a lot of hype around this as we're going into. I mean, we're talking about it on the podcast. Um, so I think that there's going to be a lot of love for softball, especially Nebraska softball. And you're right, those southern teams and, you know, even the teams in California, they really love softball. And here, everybody, volleyball is the tier sport for women's sports. But I think softball is definitely going to be coming up. And they open in Mexico, and not this weekend, but the weekend after. And that's going to be kind of the tone setter. Am I, am I wrong? Yes. No, that will – they have a great opportunity. I mean, they're playing Washington as their first game, okay. who's ranked number eight, number Top ten seven. Team. And then um, Duke is number 11 is their next game. So we're going to be able to see what this team can do right away. And, of course, they have some new players. They have a new first baseman um, and left fielder. So they'll have to find some chemistry a little bit and work together, but that's a great opportunity for them to start strong. And Jordy Ball, she has two years of eligibility, right? Correct. So, I mean, this is going to be a two-year thing where they can really catapult this program. Back, I mean, I covered softball um, back in 2000. 2000. And Taking they, us back, they Sean. Covered the, they went to the World Series. They did. In Oklahoma City? I think it was, yeah. It had to be. That's mm-hmm. where they still play it. But our beat yep. was Todd Henrich, Liz Merrill, who's now the ESPN, and myself. We were the three writers. That every The two papers. Icons. And the Daily Nebraskan. We staffed every game back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. The journal, I, I mean, if you really want to go back, I was the beat writer for softball in, like, 1990. It, see, don't look at me like that, Abby. <laughs> it, was, it was, I think it was Ravel's, like, first season. Wow. First or second season, if you can believe that. How old were you then, Abby? In what year? 1990. 
Minus something? Yeah. Minus. <laughs> minus How many years away were you from being poor? Um, roughly eight. Pops having a good time <laughs> over there. I'm just happy for Rhonda, though, that she's going to get this opportunity these last two years. I mean, you, yeah. you talk about a first-class person that's been at Nebraska through multiple eras. I mean, yeah. you think about how we, she came. Went through some tough times, too. Um, got out of it. And, and now she's got Jordy Ball. I, yeah, I think it's even more special that it's Jordy because she was committed to Nebraska from like eighth grade to her like her junior year, and she kind of got cold feet then. Mm. So they've, feet. they've had a really good relationship since she was like 14 years old, and they'd always stayed in touch, friendly. And um, so I think it's extra special that it's somebody that they love on and off the field. Yeah. She'll be a great leader for this team. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it pays in this era to stay in touch with recruits because mm-hmm. it can wind back to you. Finishing number two in a recruiting battle has never been more important. Yeah. Well, in her That's NIL true. here, so she was probably doing fine at OU, but yeah. it's got to be legit here. <laughs> and it's she doesn't need a collective, so to speak. I mean, I think Jordy Ball can get the organic NIL, the not quite the Libby Dunn NIL, but mm-hmm. like, you know, legit deals. Oh, for sure, Sean. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Abby, I do want to hit on volleyball, too. Um, we still don't have word on that spring match. Like, what, what – I mean, that's always been kind of one of the cooler things that John Cook does every year um, as far as where they play the spring match, and they've played it in places like McCook. Um, I'm trying to think where else they've played. It's uh, Central City, mm. Grand Island. Have they played in Kearney in the, in the Vieiro Center there? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. That's what – That's what I remember. But I don't think the, so. They've done it in Lincoln, too, right? I mean, several times. Yeah, they did Omaha before. Yeah. But they always try to get out on the road so that a different group of people can see them. The see, the line for season tickets is so long, and so they try to branch out a little bit so everyone can enjoy Nebraska volleyball. Pretty sizable news that Jordan Larson will return as a Nebraska assistant. What is the – put that in perspective for us, Abby. I mean, she – Right, her her name carries a lot, but yeah. also her accomplishments. And she did, I think everyone expected her to do a very good job as an assistant coach, but she was a huge help for this team, um, especially for the outside hitters. There was definitely some lulls, and Allie Batenhorst had to step in after a big injury. So she did a great job of kind of getting Allie going and was a big part of her consistency and helping her with like the mental aspect of it. But also she worked a lot with Nebraska's passers. And as we know, that's one of the most important skills in volleyball. And Jordan is a great passer. I mean, she would serve to them in practice. I think if you can serve Jordan Larson serve, you could pass anything really. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that she's huge for this team, learning skills on and off the court and just the mental aspect of having to deal with so much pressure because she's played at the highest level for such a long time. Still playing, 37 years old, and she'll be on the team that goes the Olympic team that goes to Paris. Yes, yeah. 37 years old, still cranking. Mm. That's pretty good. She's like the Sue Bird of the Olympic volleyball team because Sue Bird <laughs> – Okay. Didn't Sue Bird win like four okay. gold medals in basketball? Right. Sounds right. Jordan yeah. won one in 2020 with the, with the volleyball team, and they'll, they'll go after a second gold. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first ever gold that they won in yeah. indoor volleyball. There was three Huskers on that team. Justine Wong-Arantes. Yes. And, and Kelsey, Kelsey Robinson. Robinson. And Abby, Good watch. Job. I mean, I caught part of that Supernovas match on TV. and You did. Um, just the um, – when you watch, like, people of Larson's caliber, mm-hmm. the, the passing and the block at that level, it's just – it's at a different level. 
Yes. Like, you do not see bad passes at that level of volleyball. It is so fun to watch. I love going to that Supernovas game because there are so many great players. All the players were great, and it was so fun to see, especially players that I don't get to watch a lot that were from, you know, different countries or something, but also ones that Husker fans are familiar with, like Brooke Nunneveller, who did pretty well against the Huskers in the Sweet 16. Um, she played at Oregon, so, yeah, that's – that is such a fun team to watch, and I think that league is going to play a lot of really great volleyball. At that level, too, it's amazing. It's not as much about the power sometimes. It's about yeah. how you hit it and where you hit it as much as how hard you hit it. Yes, exactly, especially when, like you said, there's so many good passers, and people. if you get a block touch on it, then you're pretty much going to get a perfect pass. So, wow. Um, it's it's a lot about like the technique of hitting and you have to be smart and place your balls well because of how good everybody is. All right. Well, exciting t times. Appreciate Abby's contributions to women's sports. If you haven't read it on Mondays, Abby does her uh, women's sports roundup column. It is a must read and a great way to catch up on everything happening with Husker women's athletics. When we come back, uh, a few small roster moves happen on Nebraska football. There's also been some uh, movement in the Big Ten coaching ranks. We're going to hit on all that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. Hi, Sean Callahan with the Husker Online Show. So what are Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off, and they must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Robin Washed, um, as we make our way through, a few small roster moves, guys, I want to hit on okay. um, happened here. Nebraska didn't announce any of these. Um, they just updated their official Huskers.com roster. And linebacker Kane Williams no longer listed, as well as Ethan Piper, offensive lineman. Now, Kane Williams, I think if you were trying to zone in on attrition that made sense, he was a guy that made sense. The question now is, um, would he enter the portal, or does he, does he just kind of take the early retirement package and, and finish up his academics at Nebraska? Uh, if you remember, he was the one that came to Nebraska from Alabama, um, really because of the connection to Mickey Joseph. He he was from the same hometown, Moreno, Louisiana, um, as Mickey Joseph grew up in. Uh, then Ethan Piper, who tore all three ligaments in his knee, uh, officially not listed on that spring roster. Yeah, he, as, as far as Kane Williams goes, he's just kind of a tweener. I mean, he's... He's, you know, between a linebacker and probably a safety and not not perfect at either one. Piper, this might signal the end of his career. He right? might, you know, he could end up being like a student coach. Yeah, I think that's the next step for him in some capacity. Matt Rule wants yes. him around this He'll be team. around. If he wants to be around, he'll be around. Yeah. And for the record, Kane Williams played eight snaps last okay. season, all against Northern Illinois. Okay. I mean, just like I said, he's a tweener. I mean, that's what that's what we're talking about. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda does remain on the roster. I know there's always been questions, yeah. kind of where he fits, especially with the new Isaiah Naor mm -hmm. addition and, um, and, and Jamal, Jamal Banks. Banks. Now, Castaneda, I believe, can be a walk-on because of his 
the way he came in. Now they can do NIL things now. So I don't know if that really dings their numbers one way or the other uh, with him on there. But Jason Machacek, um and then um, who's the other guy? On the Golden other? Buckley. Oh, I'm sorry. Ruquan Buckley. Oh, Buckley. What were you going to say? Well, then, isn't there some Gold- Mason, Mason Goldman's Golden. defensive line? Okay, Mason Goldman's defensive and they, line. They've kind of moved him back and forth. Right. I, I get confused on that one. Buckley, to me, is very interesting. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was earmarked as a defensive lineman coming in. Rule, Rule talked about him and expressed a lot of optimism for him as an offensive lineman. That's definitely one to watch. And I would th- – now, you guys, my – thought would be he'd be an interior offensive yeah, I think guard makes That's a lot of sense looks like it to me Six five two ninety five is what he's currently listed at yeah, I want to see what that looks like you know whether he factors in the too deep or not is probably the discussion I, I don't think we're looking at Ruquan Buckley as a starter I don't think so he would really have to. I mean, that's that's what spring ball is about. Well, Micah right? Mazuka is going to take a starting guard spot. One guard. What's the other guard? So then you have Latoski, Justin yeah. Evans, Jenkins, yeah. possibly Turner Corcoran. You got it. Yeah. I mean, you've got yeah. options and yeah. Sam Sledge. Yeah. There's a lot there. So they have they have an option, but getting Mazuka really kind of like cools things down on that guard position. Just knowing that you've got a proven. Essentially, another version of Ben Scott joining the team. Yeah, if Mazuka comes in the right frame of mind and ready to work and fit in, he'll be a, he'll be a starting guard. I mean, that's but you got to see he's got. He's do a it. tough kid. Yeah, he's got to do it. That's again, I can't. I'm looking forward to spring ball. I mean, this is a great discussion and it illustrates why because there's some spots there that there's going to be some pretty serious competition. And we haven't heard anything. I mean, I, I reached Mizuka, and he just declined interview. He, he's kind of a no-nonsense kid. that, So we don't really know much about that. why he's Love coming that. here, what's going on with him. He'll fit in with Raiola. But he – and he, he's a – I mean, you saw the fi- the video of him in the fist fight against Tennessee. Yeah, we squared up on the dude. How did that look? <laughs> look How did that look? Like he's about to box. Did he look tough? I look, mean, look like a boxer. You're you're the resident boxer. I didn't yeah, see you can film. critique his form. Yeah, it was as good as Kellen Houston, and when no, he, oh, that that was a sucker punch. No, well, it was a great chopping punch. I don't know. Maybe it was a sucker punch. God, and that kid—they showed paid. it about a hundred times on CNN that day. I know that, that that is the ultimate Brad Painter example of what could go wrong on a court storming. Brad Painter talked about <laughs> it's things 100%. that happen. Imagine Matt, if Matt Painter. Matt Painter. I call him Brad Painter. Brad Painter. Get okay, your Brad wondering. Underwood and Matt Painter mixed up. Matt Painter. Matt Painter. Who, who's the seven four guy again? Zach Eady. Zach. Eady. Imagine if Zach Eady just was furious and just starts going like. Got the guy on just the like, court and just starts just like hit the dude on the top of the head. Just starts swinging around his body at like innocent bystanders. Just goes Godzilla. Just goes Godzilla. No, you're right though. That Missouri game was 2000. What what year was it? Good God, Sean! I'm trying to get you out of this. What year was the Kellen Houston punch? I'm trying to get you out of this. 2002, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Two or four. I can't remember. I'll never forget it because they played it on CNN the next day all day long. Was Bill Callahan the coach or Solich? Uh, seems like Frank to me. Oh three. Oh three. Oh three. That's what it was at Missouri. And they was there was a field storming, and somebody approached Kellen Houston, who was a defensive back, and I was amazed at how good his right hand was. I mean, it was it wasn't a it was a it wasn't a defensive right. back. It was a kid. It was a it was a. Innocent bystander. I think the kid was innocent, or did he approach Houston in a 
aggressive manner. That's probably yelled something at yeah. him. Pop, pop. Well, down then, he goes. <laughs> then Brad, down he goes. Then Brad no. Smith checked on the kid. You remember? Yeah, those? yeah, yeah. It was quite the scene. Uh, one more note okay, on we, Buckley for going back to actually talking about the current team. Please. Uh, so about his offensive line experience, he's played O line going back to high school. In fact, he was uh, one of eight offensive linemen statewide in the state of Michigan, named to the Coaches Association 2020 Dream Team. Wow. So he's got high school experience on the O line. So this isn't just a totally random position change for him. So yeah, we and I just I guess the main thing I'm interested in is is he a guard or a tackle? Seems guard. like they need more tackles. I think tackle is a much more difficult thing to just jump into. I think guard it's if you're big and strong, you'll do okay. All right, a couple of Big 10 coaching notes I want to hit on. Oh yeah. Uh, Iowa has named their offensive coordinator um, Tim Lester, former Western Michigan head coach who's been an analyst for the Green Bay Packers. You know, and, and this doesn't have the sense of like this was their first choice. No, in fact, I the athletic termed it as a polarizing hire for the fan base. I, it's like a Mark Whipple type hire for fan. I mean, he, he's an RPO shotgun guy, mm-hmm. and the question is like, how much autonomy is he going to have with what they do? Because Caden McNamara could run all that kind of stuff, but do they want to run all that? Iowa has a good team coming back. Tim Lester. It's an interesting hire. Like you said, head coach at Western Michigan. Now their offenses were good. He had four offenses that were top 35 offenses at Western Michigan. I, he's 47. I do like the idea of having head coaching experience not everybody agrees with that. I like it because he ran a team. He's not didn't just run an offense. He ran an entire team. Ran an entire operation. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think he'll go in there and try to take over the program. I don't. I wouldn't worry about that. So, the reason I think Iowa fans would be maybe somewhat disappointed is, I mean, Paul Christ was a name that they mm-hmm. considered, and I think Chris essentially it seems he was like interested. I, I was told then, his wife. Oh wasn't fully on board of moving out to Iowa. They, they like Texas. He's Why out. would you want to – I mean, it is kind of silly that you'd want to live in Austin, Texas, over Iowa City. <laughs> well, and <laughs> – That went over your head. I think Sean, I, Sean, why would you live in Iowa City when you can live in Austin, Texas? That's that, – mm. come on. Austin can be different for some people. True. A little more than Paul Chris. You got to be wired right way as a uh, six-street kind of guy. <laughs> no, but the weather's a little better. Yeah, okay, from a climate standpoint. Yeah. But yeah, that traffic. Well, let's worse. face it. The elephant in the room is Kirk Ferentz's future. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like, like you don't want to be Tommy Reese leaving Notre Dame to go to Alabama, and then Nick Saban retires. Like, if you're an offensive coordinator of note to go work for Kirk Ferentz, and then oh, by the way, that's his Wait. last year there, your first year. Uh-huh. Then your whole career's in jeopardy. Yeah, Lester though, it was either going to be Iowa or Troy. Um, his second, his he he could have been Troy's OC. Probably half the pay, if not. Maybe not even half. Not, I mean, he's going to get a million in Iowa. Right. Iowa has to pay because they, they were getting to the point where they I – mean, it's like mm-hmm. they went the whole recruiting period without a, without an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, Tim Lester. There it is. There's and then name. Sharon Moore, kind of the least shocking one, is the Michigan head coach. I don't think anybody is surprised. I don't even know if it got to any other candidates. Well, I can tell you that Ward Manuel did not interview anybody else. He said he considered can- other candidates, but there was no other interviews. It's amazing what Michigan, if you just stop and think what's happened at Michigan. Sharon Moore was part of the NCAA 
infractions that had to do with recruiting. In fact, nobody remembers it or thinks about it, but Shrone Moore was suspended the first game of the season. They, so what I'm trying to tell you is the power of winning is incredible, and Michigan illustrates it. Harbaugh had three separate scandals he was juggling at once, and Michigan put a contract in front of Harbaugh that was six years, $11.5 million a year, and, and basically begged him to stay. Um, even with all those infractions, and then they hired internally, they hired a guy who was suspended for the opener. You, you don't, if you win, it, all that stuff doesn't I'm more matter. interested how many assistants will follow Harbaugh, like what the final tally is. like Jesse Minner's going to follow him, the defensive coordinator, and the key one is gone, the strength coach. His name is Herbert, and he went with him, and that was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's like his right hand. Michigan, man. Washington, two teams that played for the national championship are going to be lucky to win eight games next year. Ooh, eight! Look at Michigan's schedule, and look yeah. at Washington lost. Yeah, look at Michigan, Michigan lost a lot too. <coughs> I'm not saying Michigan's not a top twenty-five level team, but they have one of the hardest schedules, and they lost a lot. They did lose a lot of personnel. And, and look, they, if you and they haven't even started their roster attrition either. Right, I'd have to. You'd have to. When I saw an initial list of of, of people they've lost, and it's significant mm-hmm. so a lot, lots to keep up on we come back take your questions in the mailbag you're listening here to the husker online show this episode is brought to you by hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology they have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility loved by athletes like naomi osaka and erling holland try them yourself Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, and back for a second segment. It's a big two-segment Abby Barmore day. Big Abby, day. it's a big day. <laughs> big day. We even <laughs> moved Larson Motors out of the way early to make sure Mailbag had... Ample opportunity. Even more time for me. Good. Where are we going? Like Start us out in the mailbag. Okay. First one. Do you think that Nebraska football is going to finish in the top half of the conference next season? That is a really hard question top to answer. Top half. Mm. So top nine. 18 teams. I think there's a ch- – yeah. I think they have the ske- – I do think they have the schedule that will allow them to get there. But it's going to require them, obviously – that first seven games, what can they get out of it? Yep. And then can they get another one on the back end, whether it's UCLA or Iowa or Wisconsin? I mean, I think I'm not, I mean, I, I'm today I'm chalking up Ohio State and USC as losses on the road. Okay. And, and then that back half of UCLA, that's a really tough game on the road. Uh, I'm sorry, it's in Lincoln, excuse me. It's in Lincoln, me. not a tough that, game. That's a game in Lincoln that they, they, they have a chance to get, I think. And I, I do think the game against Wisconsin and Lincoln. Um, will be a tough game, but one they can get. And then Iowa to close the year. You don't know what that's going to bring. But can they get one out of those three? I think that's going to be a big part of how the year finishes. And if they go two and three over that final five today, I, I would say I'd take that. God, the big question is the rest of the league. I mean, I mean, it's easy for us to size up Nebraska because we size it up basically every day of our life. But I don't know exactly what some of these teams have back. I mean, it's hard to know. Oregon and Ohio State are going to be the best two teams. Looks like that. Um, and that, but from there, it's I don't know. I mean, I, we say USC's 
USC lost five games this year. I mean, they're not that good. They're, I guess because you're going out to L.A., it's tough. Iowa has a chance that, to be very good. To be in that three to five group. They won ten games this year. Like, Iowa could See be. See what that offense looks like. Yeah. Well, they it got can't Mac- be worse. I mean. It literally can't be worse. They have right? McNamara back, healthy. Yeah. And Lachey, Luke Lachey back. They have all five offensive linemen back. With Caden Proctor. Yeah, with Kate, adding Caden Proctor. So all offensive line stars back, adding Caden Proctor. They get Luke Lachey back. They have McNamara back. It won't be a bad – I don't think it will be a bad off. Torrey Taylor. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and they have a reasonable schedule. Yes. But, again, it's really hard to handy. I can handicap Nebraska. I can't. I don't know what some of these other teams well, have. Well, how, ca- how do you handicap Nebraska without knowing their quarterback situation? I mean, like, what, are, Sean, what is, what is Raiola going to be? I mean, like, it, oh, yeah. is he going to be a guy that can win – Nine games. They have the schedule conference. to develop them. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not going to Minnesota and Colorado to mm-hmm. open a year. Yep. At night and on big noon kickoff, back to back weeks. But he's still a true freshman. You just, you have no idea what you're going to get from him. No. Like they, we, least, Sean, we think he'll be the starter though. I think so. <laughs> I think I think Dylan Raiola. <laughs> if you want to write this down okay. as. Just my take, he'll probably be the starter, okay? <laughs> what world do you live in where you think he won't be the starter? Well, if you got I mean, I think the conversation in the Big Ten, though, Oregon and Ohio State, I think we all agree, are the playoff-level teams. But there's probably three in this league. What is the third one? And that, that, to me, is the discussion today. It will is change. there a third one? Well, could it, well, somebody will get to 10-2, and two, and that will be the third team. So is that USC? Is that Penn State? Is that Penn Iowa? State. Could Michigan punch their way up yeah. to ten and two? Yeah. Like, and they they have Texas. So if Michigan beats Texas early, mm-hmm. that will help them. Um, but I think the conversation today is who can be the third team in the yeah. playoff from the Big Ten. I think that is who is that? Who is that team? And I think it's wide open, but I think we know there's two favorites right now: Penn State, no, no, no or Oregon and oh Ohio State. After that, and then after that, like the third. And I, I think Iowa is in that conversation. Okay. I, I would okay. imagine Wisconsin feels like they can be in that conversation. Okay. Wisconsin cleaned up in the portal okay. again. So, and they brought Alex Grinch on their staff. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to handicapping the league. Except there's 18 teams now, and that's a lot of handicap. Yeah, Big Ten Media Days <laughs> is going to be like, <laughs> where's that going to be, Sean? I don't know. I, I mean, is it an LA thing now? I don't know mm. about that. Indy seems like it's the spot. And we're going back to Indy, Rob. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we well, have to familiar. Right. I like Indy. I just don't like going to. Indy. We might be going to Indy twice <laughs> during the season. Well, in, for sure for the Indiana game, but we for Purdue we might just stay in Indy too. It's hard to say. Okay. All right. Next question. Okay. Next one. Does Nebraska have a true nose tackle on the roster to back up Nash Hutmacher? Oh, well, Sua Lafatu. Okay. Ty Robinson can play I'll go with that. that, but Sua I think is the the man in waiting. Yep. I do think. I think. I don't have anything to add. I think Sean's exactly right on that, Rob. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody we're missing? I'm looking at the roster right now. No, and maybe that's the issue. You don't slide Van Poppel into that, I don't he think. could on like a passing but a down. I can play nose. Yeah. I think on true passing downs, you, you can be flexible, but on those rundowns, you have to have a Nash in there. Mm-hmm. And Nash has gone to where he can play almost 40 snaps a game, where early in his career, 20 was a, a, a reach. No yep. doubt. And Both. now the 285-pound version of Nash Hubmacher, he's, he's going to be in pretty good shape. It's really a, really a luxury to have he and Ty Robinson be able to play that many snaps. No question. Next question. Kay. Grown men. 
Of the remaining regular season games, how many wins does Nebraska ball need to make the tournament, and is there a magic number of conference wins? Let me ask you this, Robin. If they went out at home and don't win a road game, will they get in the tournament? Or will they need to win one game in Minneapolis? Okay. Well, Ooh. that would give you a win over Wisconsin. It would give you a win over uh, Michigan. I'm just trying to think of like Michigan's ones that terrible. stand out to you. Um, beyond that, I don't know. So I don't think so. I mean, they need to get to 21, I think. I think 21 is your magic number. Now, six more. You can get to 20. Yeah, they had 15 as of recording time Tuesday. Uh, you can still get to 20 because it's always about who you beat and where you beat them. So if they go and win three more on the road, all of a sudden that schedule looks pretty good. Because I think they've done enough to this point where as long as they avoid losses, any more losses like the Maryland one, they're going to be in a good spot. But I'm going to say six more to feel at least somewhat comfortable about your chances on Selection Sunday. I mean, the schedule does lighten up a little bit now. It does. It Who's does. their best winnable road opportunity? Oh, I mean, you got Michigan, who's terrible. You got uh, – They're terrible. They are terrible. Uh, Indiana, they're a weird team that's kind struggling. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say Michigan is your best chance. Ohio State's kind of reeling right now, so they already beat them. Northwestern will be a tough one. Oh, yeah. That's Illinois tough. will be a tough one. These next three, starting with Wisconsin on Thursday, at once you get past Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, then that's when you need to make hay. So if they can just find a way to stay together, get at least one, hopefully two of those next four, which easier said than done, then they'll be in a really good spot going to the back stretch. And they have to avoid day one of the tournament. I mean, like even last year, they were dang yeah. near around 500 in the I think league. They will. And they, they had to play day one still. Yeah, they won't, they won't play day one. But nobody wins on the road in this league, so it feels like a 10 and 10 mark is fairly common right they, now. They don't. Three teams won on the road last weekend. I mean, Iowa won on the road. Yeah, Purdue won on the road, and right. Wisconsin won. I mean, Wisconsin and Purdue have like 75% of the road wins. Yeah, and those are the two best teams in the conference. Yeah. And then Iowa beat with Minnesota State. won on the road. I mean, Penn yeah, State, right? That's what it was. They beat yeah. Penn State on the road. Yeah. You can, it, that can happen. Penn State's awful. Yeah. Well, Minnesota's not great. They're not terrible, though. I, I was actually taken by Minnesota they're a fine. little bit. Yeah. They're, they have a point guard. I will they say do. that about Can them. the Big Ten get. For sure, five, but can they get six or seven bids too? Is a big part of the conversation. I don't know about seven. Six is probably worth. I think six is safe. Five okay. for sure. Six if things go well. Okay. And there's four established teams, and I feel like five and six, there's about five teams that think they're those two teams. Mm -hmm. and then four established teams flip. Purdue, there's Wisconsin, Illinois, Illinois. Are you going to say Northwestern? That's, they're established. Was Northwestern the fourth spot, would you say, Rob? Or? They're in there. They're in there for sure. I mean, they're top 50. Iowa's in that conversation. Michigan State. Michigan State's the fourth team. Yeah. That's the fourth team. They'll get, they'll get in. Mm -hmm. and they'll be a 10 seed, and everybody will pick them to go to the Sweet 16. Yep. That's what <laughs> they do. Sean's got this down. <laughs> that's what they do. They'll be the sexy Sweet 16 10 seed pick, and they'll make the Sweet 16. Probably. And it will be like another Izzo special. <laughs> All right. Final question. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Where is the most beautiful place you've ever seen in person? Hmm. I have to. I'll have to say Maui, Hawaii. Okay. Um, going on the road to Hana, we did like a. I didn't drive it. It's the windiest road in the world. Um, Hana. Yeah, in you, you drive a, It's like a ten-hour type deal where you ride in like a bus, and I mean you see just things that you could never imagine. I mean the car drives like on high cliff highways where you're like 
inches away from coming off the road. Oh, breathtaking um, stuff. Breathtaking. Just, yeah, very, very unique. I mean, Ireland was special, too, but um, you just, we didn't have as much time to really delve into Ireland as you, as you would have liked. I don't know that I... Was Ireland beautiful? Well, because you just studied at Dublin. You got to go, like, in the countryside, in the rolling green, majestic hills. Okay. Of, well, we went out to Hoth, and that was pretty... You yeah. saw rolling I mean, green. We went, like, ten minutes outside of town. It was awesome. Yeah, you saw rolling green, <laughs> majestic hills. <laughs> the lobby <laughs> bar the whole week. Not always. Ordered wings in Dublin every night in the lobby bar. I did. The wings were tremendous. <laughs> they were good Thank wings. Yeah. <laughs> they were good wings. I didn't get the wings in they Dublin. They ran out of them, by the way. <laughs> oh, um, because of you? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, from a tropical perspective, I'll say Costa Rica. If you Ooh, go to the beach on the Pacific I... side, it's wow. incredible. You've been to Colombia. Yeah. Different. It's not like the... It, it's a different vibe, as you might expect. There was Costa a, really, Rica. Really cool. But then the other, I'll go like non-tropical and say Garmisch, Germany. Okay. Like if you think of like, like the movie Frozen, like the, the Alps and all that sort of thing, like that's the mountains that they have there. And I climbed around on those mountains and I was so underprepared for that. How so? One of the scariest experiences of my life. What, it's like what happened? You're on a cliff with like the biggest slope ever and there's like just little metal poles in the side of the mountain and you're you're clipping on to like a, a cable like an iron cable and you have to clip take step on a pole unclip to get over the thing that's holding the cable on and so like you're basically just going like that up this wall of mountain and i was like i'm just like wearing like running shoes and jeans i'm like what am i doing here like this is so regrettable and so you made it though uh, I, made about, I made it about 75 percent of the way up and i was like no I and then what i can't then i had to go down Really? It's <laughs> just as just as sketchy. Probably more so. Was there like a person like trying to help you down? <laughs> uh my cousin in law, who's like some special forces like G.I. Joe guy, like he's just up there and like not clipped in, just like jumping I, around. I need to hear this story in case I've ever faced with that situation and say, No, I'm not doing this. Yeah. It uh could have been worse. Right. <laughs> I've heard some stories like that from people who have get in those mountain situations, mm-hmm. think it's easy, and well, it's, it starts easy, and then all of a sudden you're right. like, "Oh, I, I have to do this." Yeah, <laughs> what are you going to do? Turn around? I'm not as well traveled as you, uh, but 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 I've been to a lot of the Caribbean islands, and Barbados was I liked Barbados the most, partially because it's sort of it's just sort of a personality quirk. Barbados, there's some uh, on on the Pacific or on the Caribbean side. It's very the water's like it's like like a bathing like a bathtub, uh, which I hated. But there's an Atlantic side where the waves come in super hot and high, and that's that's fun. And that part of the island's gorgeous. So I don't. There was some Caribbean islands I've been to I didn't like because they're on the Caribbean, um, and the water's flat and it's not very fun. But that, but Barbados. How did Memphis stack up for you this last weekend? <laughs> In terms of beauty, yeah, I'm just giving you art. <laughs> Beale Street's Street, kind of yeah. neat. I mean, Beale Street's super cool. Um, Memphis is um, there. It's a tough period. Beale Street's not doing good business right now. Uh, we don't need to talk about no, that. That's for <laughs> sidetracked. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't list that as one of the beautiful places I've been to. I I had fun for all the Memphis listeners. I did. It was fun. We loved it. We checked out the Peabody. Yeah, saw ducks and all that. And I like Beale Street. I loved it, actually. It's just they need more people there right now. Abby, what's yours? Um, 
Actually, it's in Wyoming. Mm. Um, where? Laramie? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you exactly where because I don't want to give it away. But it's like 45 minutes away from Cody, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And my family, what when direction? I was growing up, we went in <laughs> like please. northeast, like northwest corner where it's like probably maybe 45 minutes away from Yellowstone. Okay. But there's like no people there. Mm. No cell reception. Um, my family used to go every summer when I was growing up for two weeks. No cell reception, no real showers. Um, mm. And we would just hike and fish and enjoy time outside every day. You go it's on the amazing. Big, you go on the big Barmore camping trip every year about, right? Yes. Um, we haven't the last couple of years because now all my siblings are like, have like jobs. That sounds responsibilities. amazing, by the way. It's unreal. It's a it camping trip. It's, a le- it's not a luxury trip. Yes. You no, we stay in a camper on like just like public land okay. and literally no cell reception wow. at all. Mm. Um, oh, that's interesting. I mean, you have a camper toilet for two weeks. We kind of get tired of each other after a while. I can see that. Um, especially now that we're all bigger, N- me having to sleep on a bunk bed for like 14 days. <laughs> Ooh, that that <laughs> kind <test> of. <laughs> but it is so beautiful and so nice. Wyoming is one ever. of the most underrated states in the union. Yes. Really? Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, wow, that uh, was good stuff. Great discussion. Uh, when we come back, we're going to close with some more Nebraska basketball talk. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chilling by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, uh, closing out with some more basketball discussion and arguably the toughest week left on the schedule of the regular season for Nebraska ball weights. Obviously, the big home game Thursday night against Wisconsin, who, Robin, they're number six now. Did I read that right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're a two to a three seed coming in. Every bit as tough as Purdue was a few weeks back. And then you go to Illinois. Tough um, games. Who They're back at full strength now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they got uh... – Karen Shannon. Yeah, Shannon back after that temporary suspension. So, yeah, this starting with the Maryland game, which clearly did not go well, that four-game stretch of Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, that's the last true grind if, if you look at just where it compares to the rest of the schedule. And after that, it eases up, in theory, quite a bit. So this is kind of the, the one of the last defining stretches in the sense of Nebraska keeping its head above water. I mean, we kind of talked about this in the mailbag a little bit, but just to be able to get one, maybe two out of those four, I think you're still in a good spot. Oh, but yeah. for that, to, I mean, if you're only getting one, you better make hay with the way things lighten up down the stretch. You know, with that home home schedule and the fact that you have some winnable road games or at least more attainable road games for this team, nothing's, nothing's easy for this group. But, I mean, it's – as disappointing as the Maryland loss and the Rutgers loss and the Iowa loss were, 
Nebraska's still in a good spot. They're in, they still are able to control their own destiny just with the way that the rest of the schedule shapes up. But, man, over these next three, if you can find a way to beat Wisconsin at home or find a way to go to Northwestern and, and steal one, finally, on the road against a team that you've already beaten, you've, you've proven that you can beat them, man, that would do a lot to put yourself – further in the driver's seats to, to punch in that ticket. Was the start of the Maryland game almost just too good to be true, the way they hit jump shots, kind of a finesse style? Then Maryland's like, all right, enough with this shooting competition. We're just going to muck it up and, and make you play our style. I think the difference was Maryland, the worst three-point shooting team in the conference, all of a sudden started lighting them up from three. And then Nebraska cooled off and Maryland didn't. And you know, I know a, lot story of, everywhere. Yeah, a lot of people are very critical and just – understandably so about Nebraska's three-point defense and the way that they always double the post and crash whenever the ball gets touched inside leads to easy kickouts uh, from the post or uh, three wide-open three-pointers off offensive rebounds. And I th- the reason they do that and kind of refuse to go away from that is because they're so concerned about getting guys like Rink Mast in foul trouble. Okay. They don't want to leave him one-on-one oh, yeah, makes in sense. the post to get fouls because they don't feel good enough about their depth well, now with offensively Gary, with Gary out, it comes yeah, and just because of how critical Rink is to everything they do on the other end of the floor. Right. Not only he's one of their best scorers, one of their best three point shooters. He leads him in assists. Yeah, you like can't get him in foul trouble. You can't have him on no. the bench you with can't. fouls, and so they try to protect him. Yep. And so with that, there's such a heavy reliance on them to rotate as efficiently as possible, close out as aggressively as possible, and challenge those shots. And when that's not happening, which on the road. Uh, it hasn't happened a lot. That leads to those so many wide-open looks for the other team. Wisconsin obviously had its way with Nebraska in Madison. Nebraska did, Sean, shoot the ball that well yeah. that day. They, they shot 50% it, it, and scored 72 points on the road. Right. They, they shot the ball really well. They, just, they played – I don't, I don't they even – couldn't defend anybody. Not only did they not get steals, they didn't even get deflections in that game. No. Nah. So, Everything was easy. But Wisconsin could do whatever it wanted, but inside and out. But don't you, wouldn't you agree? It'll look. I think it'll look much different. Oh yeah, because Nebraska looks much different. They're at a BBA. different team at home. Yeah, they, you can't take what happened on the road no. and translate. So that works both ways. You know, to say while Nebraska played Northwestern well, they're going to play them on the road well. well. You can't make that distinction. Right. But in a situation like this, I like Nebraska's chances a whole lot more in PBA than I did uh, up in Madison and. You know, Ken Palm has him as a three-point underdog, which yeah. against the number six team in the country, yeah. it's a pretty good spot to be in. Not bad at all. And, f- and I was saying off air, and I was kind of being facetious, but it's so it just seems incredibly predictable that Nebraska will win this game. I mean, it's like the Purdue be, game. They had to win the Purdue game, and they figured out a way to win it. Yeah, they'll have to do it. I think if Nebraska wins, it'll be close. I don't know if they could sprint off from Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin just does so many things offensively. It starts inside yeah. with – Crowell and Wall, but now they have those shooters around them where, of course, Nebraska once again was the remedy for uh, Asijan, who had almost almost been written off completely out of their rotation. All of a sudden he comes in and hits like four, five, three-pointers. And so, like, that's what Nebraska can't afford to do. Their focus is going to be stopping the inside, but they cannot let those perimeter shooters from Wisconsin have so many open looks right. the way they did in Madison. Because then Nebraska's scrambling to challenge shots, and then boom, wide open layup, which it was like Nebraska or Wisconsin could literally pick whatever it wanted in, the, in that game. I mean, they scored 88 points, probably could have scored 100 if they wanted to. Oh, offer no predictions. I, I said that Iowa, I said there's no way in the world Iowa will cover. It was four. 
Nebraska, Iowa led Nebraska seventeen to two out of the shoot. I'm not. I'm done with predictions. It feels like a close game to me, though. Yeah. Wisconsin, Nebraska, like like you said, minus three. That's. I just think it'll go down to the wire. Yep, and it's all going to come down to how Nebraska defends. I think their offense is going to be fine. I think they're going to shoot it well enough to put themselves in position to score uh, enough to win. Can, it's a matter of can they be anywhere more uh, aggressive defensively and make life just a little bit more uncomfortable for Wisconsin. And Fred told you, or Fred said on his radio show, that he, he says it's about the – well, he said, I guess, on the road, it's about the glass and taking care of the mm-hmm. ball. But they, they'll have to take care of the ball. They had 18 turnovers against Maryland. Mm-hmm. They don't really turn the ball over at home much either, though, right? Uh, they did against Northwestern. They, they had 18 did. turnovers, but they won the glass. So if you do okay. if you okay. do either of those things, you're going to have a chance. If you lose both of those areas, you're going to lose. All right, guys. Sorry to cut it short here, but we're oh, you're we fine. so long a mailbag. We gotta, uh, before we, we wrap it up, make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. We've got a great special right now. Get two months of access for one dollar uh, by simply using code promo code nu1 that's two months for one dollar with promo code nu1 for steven sipple and robin wash i'm sean callahan uh, make sure you check out huskeronline.com for all of the latest thanks again for joining us this week on husker online your authority on nebraska athletics 